great. Um, yeah, hello there, Andrew and uh, Matt. Yeah, good to talk to you. Um, hopefully, we can just explore some issues. So, my name's Tony York, uh, and I'm one of the candidates for the upcoming National Farmers Federation presidential election. Right, well, thanks for coming on, Tony. Uh, again, this is just for people who are listening for the first time for this one of the of the series. This is the third and final podcast where we're talking to those who are nominating for the to be the, the voice. I don't know if you're allowed to say that word anymore, but the, <laughs> the, the voice of uh, agriculture. Yeah, I, I don't know if we want to, it's too close to the referendum to mention that. We'll just, um, I think you like when you're referred to the prospective candidates. Um, the kings or queen of uh, of Australian agriculture. And, that. and I will I will give listeners a warning that Tony Tony is in West Australia and uh, his 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 reception is not the greatest, but we will we will battle on. So so Tony, what we're gonna do okay. is what we're gonna do is we're gonna start off with the same as we start off with every podcast. Is we're gonna run our sixth sense, which is our uh, warm up stroke test of you. So we're going to give you a couple of words or phrases and you give us the first thing that comes back to mind. So, oh, gosh. Right, right. Thanks, Andrew. Right, right, Matt, you start off. Yep, I'll start off. Uh, farmer representation, Tony. Uh, National Farmers Federation. Advocacy. Um. If I wanted to say any more, um, there's many people who want to play in that field. So it's about working our way through all of that. Right Unfortunately, on. I'm taking an incoming call, so you'll just have to wait. <laughs> if we the, get rid of that. Right. On. And the next one, black pudding. English meal. That's meal. all I want to talk about when it comes to black pudding. <laughs> Thought we'd lost you for a second, well, there, Tony. To say. Yeah, it was nearly it was nearly just radio silence there, Andrew. It's not a. I don't think it's a positive, is it? Um, what about uh, Crocs? Uh, foot- yeah, it was nearly a radio silence. Yes. What about Crocs footwear, Tony? Crocs footwear. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> Crocs, C-R-O-P-S. Crocs, Crocs, you know, the, the, the uh, slip-on kind of oh, almost Crocs. Crocs, that's it. Oh, right, eh? Yeah, yeah, some, that's it. Sometimes they're comfortable, yep. Good. You, that, you've, just, got, you just, you've just passed the well. test. you just passed yeah. the test, Tony. You've redeemed yourself on the black pudding one <laughs> with, with a good answer on Crocs. Gosh. <laughs> Climate change. All right. Uh, the most important issue that we're dealing with. It's it's already happening um, and we're going to have to deal with it and deal with how the rest of the economy and society manage it as well. It's a big issue. It's my biggest issue in terms of the challenge for agriculture. And I can say more if you like. No, we might uh, get into that. We might get into that. We'll, we'll keep rolling with this. We've got two more to go. What about um, Australian agriculture? <laughs> Um, leading, it's um, incredibly good at it. I'm extremely proud of Australian agriculture. I think, I think we do it very, very well and are very competitively. 
Okay, the, the last one, and uh, probably the most important one, Tony. Favorite musician? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, um, right, I, I, I like Paul Kelly, actually. Okay. So a lot of what he sings, it, it, um, you know, it's sort of, been, he's been around for a long time and he seems to have touched the point all the time, all, every now and again and as, as my life has gone through. So yep, Paul Kelly, local poet. There good, go. good Australian, good Australian artist. The other, the other candidates chose for international artists, Andrew. So most of them have actually. Yeah. Right. Just shows that you're uh, representing Australia, not just Australian agriculture. <laughs> so <laughs> good, good, good. Right, oh, So let's, Tony. <laughs> let's get into the 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 real questions. You, you've pa- you've passed the test so far. Uh, right. So the first first thing, and we, we're answering asking very similar questions from all the all the candidates. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing agriculture? Uh, I did touch on that climate change. I think, from most farmers' perspective, it's happened. It's, we're already dealing with climate change, uh, and we're having to adapt. So. Farmers are pretty good at adapting, but it's just, let's say, at an accelerated pace because of climate change. We've also um, got to recognise that the, how we go about remediating the, you know, the carbon footprint and what the rest of the economy and what governments decide to do are going to have implications. Um, I would say I think agriculture can be... A, you know, a bigger part of the solution um, rather than being attributed as completely confident about how efficient and effective Australian agriculture across the board is in terms of a carbon output, carbon footprint, and I think we can hold our head up very effectively globally. So that's the most important challenge. It's already starting to have and influence in many aspects of agriculture, for example, biosecurity. It's um, an enhanced challenge for us. Even in our foreign migration policy with the Pacific Islander program in Australia. So these are real issues that are that are climate related that are having an impact on our agriculture and our farmers. How do you see, Tony, with with obviously climate change is a global global challenge, um, you know, and and um, yeah, Australia, Australia is you know part of the part of the kind of um, solution to a degree. But we're a, we, we, you know if you look at emissions, we are a, a kind of small part. But we need to still be um, carrying our weight. What what do you see as the like w- with it being such a global issue? What do you see as the main role for an institution like or an organisation like uh, National Farmers Federation? How do they? engage in that space to, to, to make some impact on a, on that global basis, you know, because it'd be it's quite a, a big challenge really. So what do you what do you see as the the main things NFF can do yeah, to yeah. So, so I think um uh, I'm pretty confident about the relative efficiency of Australian agriculture. You know, I've got a good understanding that for example our wheat footprint per tonne of grain produced 
our CO2 footprint is, if not the lowest, one of the lowest already. So we've got a pretty good story, and you can extend that across a lot of the commodities in agriculture. We've got a pretty good story as as a relatively low carbon um, footprint globally. So we need to pass that message around globally, and and we can help a lot of other sectors, a lot of other parts of agriculture around the world, in learning how to be more efficient. Because Australia is inherently a drier climate, we don't waste resources, we don't waste fertilizer, we don't, you know, we're not. Um, maxi tilling the soil and so on we're conserving energy where we can so all that adds up to a good story in terms of being a relatively low carbon footprint in a global context so i think that's one of the important things that the nfs can do and interestingly enough um we've just joined the world farmer organization which nff have been in and out of over the last 20 years but at the moment fiona simpson's joined the board of the world farm, so that's a, a process, a part at another and at another level where we can play a role in influencing and a recognition that we're we've got a pretty good footprint in terms of carbon emissions. Emissions. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we're still there. No, um, I was just making sure that Andrew hadn't dropped out for a second then because it's, uh, like I said, the line is a bit tricky, but um, we can't, we've got to keep this pushing through. So um, so if we've looked at the challenge it's a, the challenge side of the equation, what um, what do you perceive then? Are there are there some opportunities there that, that um, or what would be, say, the key opportunity for Australian agriculture in terms of moving forward? Where do you see the, the real benefits um, coming from? Well, I certainly think so. In advocate, the story that um, we're a good producer, we're efficient, we um, maximise the production pretty well competitive in getting the wider Australian community to understand that and be supportive. I think there is, you know, there's a degree of um, misinterpretation and negativism that comes out of some of the. Um, sectors of Australia of the Australian community. I don't mean overall. I mean there's special interest groups in China that really are very influential in terms of government policy and decision making. And our opportunity really is to temper that and um, you know make um, the decision makers fully aware of the um, of the value of agriculture and and the good standing we carry effectively. Um, and and uh, support us, I suppose, uh, as best they can, understand um, the issues fully. So that's our opportunity to explain the issues to the decision makers and making sure they fully understand um, the ag sector and where we're coming from. I reckon, that- Tony, I reckon one of the other opportunities for Australian agriculture is connectivity which is uh, one of the things we're struggling with on this podcast is, and uh, do you think there's a place for the National Farmers Federation uh, yeah. to, to push for more like black spot reduction, that type of thing? Oh, oh absolutely. So communicate, I mean, it's a funny thing um, in spite of you talking about um, this particular conversation not being too good. Um, from my perspective in Western Australia and the wheat belt, we've got, we've got pretty good, 
connectivity at the moment. So I'm not I'm not seeing that as a barrier directly in my own immediate environment. But you're certainly right. It's certainly a barrier in many parts of Australia still, and we can certainly help by advocating um, to, you know, encourage further investment in connectivity. Absolutely. Do you think, too, you mentioned about that, I guess that advocacy role is also about educating, and you spoke about um, the relationship there with how how agricultural representatives can engage with, you know, policymakers, I guess, and and those in leadership. But what about more broadly into the um, into the community? Do you think that, you know, over the years there's been a, a slip from from the average kind of uh, consumer or the average urban person understanding enough about agriculture? Do you see a role for NFF in that space? Uh, I definitely think sense, but I mean, as Australia's become more and more urbanised, and you have to accept that it is one of the most urbanised populations around, there's, there's, there is a removal and a distance between where the food comes from and the agricultural sector. So certainly I think we've consumers have, have moved away from where um, and understanding where their food's coming from and their industry. So we can do a lot more in telling our story. So uh, I know the NFF's already engaged in you know public um, awareness campaigns like the Telling Our Story campaign, which is when we can um, advertising and pr- promoting the the good story that we can tell about how how food is grown in Australia. So that's definitely a challenge for us, and I I don't think it's helped by the structural makeup of the retail sector in Australia. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret, but there's two very dominant supermarket chains. It's the most concentrated retail outlet of food anywhere in the world. And they're, they're, they're real barriers and real challenges for farmers to work through. And, you know, those, those retailers have got their own agendas, which isn't necessarily always um, telling the same story that's in the best interest of their farmers and their suppliers. What about, mm. t- Tony, you're over in, in Western Australia. Uh, Western Australia is obviously going to yeah. take the brunt of the, the the phase out of live exports of sheep. Have you got any views on that or what the NFF can be doing in that sort of space? Uh, okay, so... Yeah. Put my hand up. I'm absolutely in support of the continuance of the live sheep trade. Um, I am in the sheep business myself uh, directly in our family business, and we've been exporting sheep uh, forever, 40 years or something or other. This is absolutely a business, and um, it's really a struggle when a sector like that is concentrated just in one particular part of Australia. So we have become reliant on the NFF and the broader membership base of the NFF. And I have to say, from a West Australian perspective, we've had as strong uh, support and advocacy as we could expect in terms of supporting the continuation of that trade. I mean, it's a it's a very good example of a government committing to a... Um, 
to a position and there's there's really no logic and there's really no long net benefit for anybody, even animal welfare. There's no net benefit by removing this trade. So we've got to convince that current government that they need to, um, you know, eat a bit of humble pie and recognise that they've made a mistake and withdraw the closing down of the industry. It'll be a challenge, but that's what NFF's got to do. Is this, in that space, I mean, there, there are some that obviously oppose that, that trade in particular and, and some of those groups, I think, have a clear agenda, um, you know, against not just live eggs, but maybe uh, you know, other aspects of certainly animal and intensive agriculture as it stands and maybe even the consumption of yeah, meat. Yeah, do, yeah. Do, you think, do you think there's a or, or is there a space for the NFF to, because there's a lot of misinformation around that as well, you know, and, and, and these, these groups with particular key agendas um, try to um, encourage the peddling of that misinformation if it suits their narrative. Um, do you, how do you see NFF sitting in that space in terms of helping to educate um, and, and, and tell people about the facts of what goes on in, in different forms of agriculture? Well, I, I certainly think it's a key, it's a key role. I mean, it's a, it's the platform, as you said. You know, it's the, it's the top of the advocacy um, process, and it's absolutely a responsibility of the NFF to help explain um, the facts as they are and the reality, and and temper some of these special interest groups because it's. I mean, the special interest groups. You, you, they're not going to go away. They're perfectly legitimate in their own right to have those views. but um, And they are a process that's probably elevated in a highly affluent and well-educated economy such as Australia. So it's part of the process. We have to counter those positions, and that's certainly a function for the NFS. Let's say, Tony, that you were successful and you become the NFF president and you do... Uh, one or two terms, what would you hope to be remembered for as NFF president? Uh, I see myself as a bit of a straight talker and a pragmatist and a realist, so I'd like to hope that um, my role uh, and leadership there would come across as though you know I'm not, not, not gilding the lily, I'm just going to tell tell things as it is and be a realist and be a pragmatist. Um, so hopefully, and, and build confidence so that the rest of the community has confidence in the arguments and the pitches that um, agricultural representatives are making. Was there, a, Tony, was there... <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a fair a fair um, reasoning behind, um, you know, what you're trying to achieve. But yeah. was, there a, was there a particular... Um, what was the main driver for you to, to put your hand up and, and, and you know step up as a potential candidate? What was the what was the thing that really got you um, interested in, in trying to take on that role? Um, look, um, there's so much politics involved in everything that occurs in Australia and around the world. So it's really um, it's really an opportunity to um, be able to influence and explain to, um, you know, government and policy decision makers um, the farmer's perspective. So I've, you could say I've, I've spent 
you know, I've got a comments degree. I've been an active working farmer all my life. I've got involved in advocacy at a state level, and this is this is really the end, the the ex- logical extension of being engaged and wanting to represent agriculture is to do it at the national level and to be able to influence the policy and the decision making. Because so much of what happens in the in the Democratic society like Australia is, is has got a, a political um, basis in terms of those decisions. So if I can do that, um, and I mean, that's why I'm there, because I want to get involved and continue to influence that process. Thank you. And what about with regards to NFF as an organisation? Are there are there particular things you know looking at it um, that if you got into that position to to um, lead and influence? Are there things you'd you'd consider trying to change about the organisation, or are there anything specific that you'd like to change? Uh, okay, so it's a suite of um, membership organisations, state farmer organisations, and commodities. I do. Um, in my, all my farming career, I've come from a kind of general generalist perspective in that I see see farming as a business uh, and all of the sort of key issues that I'm dealing with are across commodities. So if I can get help, um, the membership of the NFF recognising further value the complementary benefits of us all tackling issues across the whole sector i think that would be would make us more effective and i think that's that's you know puts all of those membership bases in a in a better perspective of where they're coming from i mean things like trade biosecurity even you know monetary and fiscal policy at a government level they all have a effect across all of the commodities and all of the membership. So I don't know whether how am I going? I think that's what I would really like to be able to try and help influence. So, so just kind of, if I'm reading you right, like trying to bring in some of those other um, state farming orgs that are, that obviously form, you know, that that kind of part of the the structure through to an F to try and work closer together with them as well. Well, I'm not sure but, um, uh, uh, we need to be sort of become all-embracing any more than we already are. Um, I don't think that's necessary. It's about who our membership is and, and how they see themselves and, and sort of shift them more broadly from having kind of secular interests and, and recognise that the big issues affect all of us. Ah, uh, yeah, so, so, so from... From within, from, from yeah, yeah, from those that are within the organisation to, to try and I guess um, uh, re- reduce reduce some of those commodity specific um, barriers that may sometimes co- you know come up within the organisation and, and make it a more a more consistent yeah, and broader yeah. broad approach. It's yeah? possible. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm quite explain myself as well as I had hoped. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> And that's all good. So, 
So we're probably we're probably coming close to we're trying to keep these as, as a um, you know similar length of time, similar type question. So we're probably coming close to the um, to the end here. But we thought it'd be a good opportunity to provide you with a chance to give us uh, you know a bit of a final quick pitch about um, you know your, what you, you know what you're hoping to achieve and uh, and um, you know why the uh, why the membership should consider you as uh, as the next potential NFF president. Uh, okay, so um, on top of what we've already spoken about, um, look, I, it's it's for the members. It's actually only a very small cohort cohort of members who will be casting a vote. So it's really about um, uh, who they think can best articulate and represent agriculture. We've actually got three very good ca- candidates, and, and if I, if I get up, that's great. If I don't get up, I'll still be involved at the NFF at a board level for another couple of years, and I'll be more than happy to work with whoever becomes president. So I think I think it's just a choice about you know it's timing, it's you know what what the public like to see as the face of agriculture, and um, you know whoever it is, we're not Fiona Simpson and Fiona's. Um, left a big mark, um, big shoes to fill there because she's been there for seven years. So you've got to work your way through and build your own identity. So it's 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 who's the right candidate most appropriate for the days and the future going forward. So that's my pitch. Right Thanks, on. Matt. Thanks, 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 Tony, for coming on. Uh, again, it's a bit of a it's a struggle with Telstra these days. But I, you know, I think you articulated your points well. And again, I probably just want to say thank you to all the other candidates who came on, Georgie and David, who came on this week. Uh, basically, the idea we had behind doing this podcast was that whilst farmers don't specifically have a vote on on who becomes the uh, the president, what we want to do is, you know, give the farmers who these candidates are eventually going to represent an idea of who the people nominating are, who is going to be the the, the quote unquote voice of agriculture or the uh, the king or queen of uh, of agriculture for the next couple of years. And so uh look at, we really appreciate the uh the time that everyone's taken out. Uh, it was a sort of a, a last minute thing and uh, really appreciate it and uh, hopefully it gives people some insights into into the the views and the ideas of, of these candidates, and and Tony, I'm assuming you'll be at the NFF conference in a, a fortnight's time. Uh, Matt and I will be there as well. Right. We'll, uh, we'll we will shout you a drink, wh- whether it's a celebratory drink or a consolatory drink. We'll 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 still have a a, a drink together, and uh, I always enjoy our, our our chats that we have together. So thanks, uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Andrew, yes, I'm a, all right, all good. No, so, that was um, a recording. We're, not, not yet, not yet. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say from oh, my, right. my own point of view as well. No, it's been good to have you on to hear hear about your um your views, Tony. Um, and for, for those for those that are listening, if this is the first one of these you've listened to, make sure you catch the other two podcasts that are already up with the other two candidates. We're very lucky in agriculture to have three uh, really good candidates putting their name forward. Um, and, you know, we wish you all the best of luck. Uh, hopefully um, 
you know, uh, we, well, we'll find out soon who it's going to be, but, you know, we've been very lucky that we've had so many good candidates that can be chosen from. So I think that's a good thing. I appreciate you coming on, Tony, and, um, and we'll see you when you've got nothing on. Ciao for now.